today is not a holiday. It is a holy day. <laughs> it is one of the days appointed by God, um, one of his appointed times, a day of celebration. And that's why we have, um, it's a family service. We have kids in here. Kids are going to be loud. That's okay. That's what it's all about, right? We're not meant to be separated. God commanded parents to raise up their kids to talk about um, the word of God. And that's what today is. It's a day for us to celebrate and remember what God has done together as a family. And so in the book of Exodus, in chapter 34, God said uh, to Moses, celebrate the festival of weeks with the first fruits of the wheat harvest and the festival of ingathering at the turn of the year. Three times a year, all your men are to appear before the sovereign Lord, the God of Israel. And so this day, this festival of weeks, we call it Shavat in Hebrew, and in the Greek, it's Pentecost. So anytime you hear any of those three terms, it's the same day, just in different languages. And God appointed this day to um, be set apart, and all men were to make a pilgrimage to Israel to celebrate this day. And we're going to go back a little ways to some of the um, Holy Days, the feast that we celebrated last month, 50 days ago, we celebrated the Feast of Passover. And in the book of Exodus, God commanded Moses to go to Egypt to free his people, right? The Israelites had been slaves in Egypt 400 years. God told Moses to go and free them. And we know that Pharaoh, his heart was hard. He did not want to let God's people go. And God sent those plagues and the feast of Passover was on the night of the final plague when the angel of death was going to be coming. And God told the people to put the blood of the lamb over their doors as a sign so the angel of death would pass over their home. In the New Testament, Jesus was crucified on the feast of Passover. The same day, the very time, not just the same day, the very hour that the lambs were being slaughtered for the feast of Passover, Jesus, our lamb, was on the cross, was being crucified on the cross. Three days later, in the Old Testament, three days after Passover, and Pharaoh told Moses and the people, go, finally, just go. On the, what's called the Feast of First Fruits was the day that Moses and the Israelites crossed the Red Sea. Three days later, from Passover to when they crossed the Red Sea. In the New Testament, three days after Passover, on the Feast of First Fruits was the day that Jesus, the first fruit of resurrection, he rose from the dead. In Exodus, God gave the command to count 50 days. They called it counting the Omer, counting down to this Feast of Weeks, their, um, the Feast of Gathering and Harvest, their first fruits. On that day, on Shabbat, after Moses and the Israelites crossed the Red Sea, on that day, God gave Moses the law the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai. He gave his word in written form to 
his people, to the Israelites. God gave his word. In the New Testament, 50 days later from the resurrection, the same day, the same day that all the Jewish men were in Jerusalem to celebrate Shabbat, we know as the day of Pentecost that God gave his spirit. And so we're going to take some time right now for the kids. Kids, it's your turn and your time for service. We're going to read the story of Moses as a reminder. So if there are kids here, which I know there are, you can come on up. Have a seat up here with me. Come have a seat on the stairs. Don't be shy. And we're going to read the story of Moses to remind ourselves of God's word. Come on. You can have a seat on the stairs, on the floor. Get comfortable. everyone see okay Oof. I might need an assistant <laughs> okay here we go <laughs> thank you miss Katrina thank you thank you very much all right here we go one day as Moses was watching his sheep he saw a strange sight Bright flames of fire burned from a nearby bush, but the bush didn't burn up. When Moses took a closer look, he heard the voice of God. God wanted Moses to go to Egypt and tell King Pharaoh to let God's people go. Pharaoh was mean, and he made God's people work as slaves. God promised to help Moses, so Moses set off to see Pharaoh. Let me move it up a little bit so they can see over there. There we go. Thank you. Moses warned Pharaoh that if he didn't let God's people go, bad things would happen. But Pharaoh wouldn't listen. So God sent swarming bugs, thousands of hopping, croaking frogs, and pounding hailstorms. Finally, after lots and lots of bad things happened, Pharaoh agreed to let God's people go. So Moses led God's people out of Egypt. But then mean old Pharaoh changed his mind. He sent his army to bring the people back. Then God sent a big wind and split the sea in two so the people could walk across on dry ground and get away from Pharaoh's soldiers. When Pharaoh's soldiers stepped onto the path, the water came crashing down. After God's people escaped from Egypt, they camped in the desert. Moses went up on a mountain to talk to God. God gave Moses special rules for everyone to follow. Do you know what those rules are called? The Ten Commandments. Very good. When Moses came down from the mountain with the Ten Commandments, he saw the people worshiping a golden calf. This made God very sad. God wants us to love and worship him. He wants to be the most important part of our lives. God wants us to follow the Ten Commandments too. Following the Ten Commandments shows that we love God. See, just like the kids in the pictures. The Ten Commandments can also help us to remember to love others. God wants us to love our families, our friends, even people we don't know. 
The Ten Commandments help us to remember to love God and love others. Let's read those commandments together. So the first ones remind us to love God. It says, don't have any gods except me. You must not worship any idols. Be careful how you use God's name. Remember God's day. Rest and worship. The other commandments remind us to love others. Honor and obey your parents. I'll read that one again. Honor and obey your parents. You must not kill anybody. Stay with your husband and wife. That means be faithful. Keep your promises. Do not steal things from others. Never tell a lie. And don't be jealous of your neighbor. Good job, everybody. Thank you, Miss Katrina. Thank you, guys. You can go ahead back to your seats. Let's give our kids another hand clap. It's wonderful to be a part of a multi-generational church and love seeing the kids up here worshiping and learning. Um, so as we were preparing and, and talking, you know, what, what are we going to talk about today for Shabbat, for Pentecost? Um, and we were kind of going through studying the word and, and something really stood out to me. You know, in, in the Old Testament, in and Exodus 32 kind of gives the story of the Israelites being in the wilderness. They're on their way to the promise. They're on their way, but they're in the wilderness. They're in the time of waiting. And Moses, he goes up to the mountain, and he's up there a while, you know? And Sure, like God had done some amazing things. There was the whole like Red Sea and delivering them and all that. But like now it's like Moses was taken up onto the mountain. They couldn't see him anymore. And they began to get a little restless in the waiting. Anybody in here ever wait on anything <laughs> from the Lord? You know, it's Communion Sunday and... Something about Communion Sunday, I had a, a season of my life of waiting. And it was when my wife and I were waiting to have children. And this was a season of waiting that lasted years. And Communion Sundays were tough. Because I'd come in here Communion Sundays and, you know, hey, who, who needs prayer? Come on, stand up. We're going to believe for God. And some days it was so hard to stand up. It was so hard because, you know, the waiting is tough. Waiting can often lead to disappointment. It can lead to bitterness. It can lead to um, just, just feeling down. And some days you come in and you're full of faith and you're hyped up and you're going to go after this thing. But some days it's, it's not. Some days you're just barely making it through. And we all go through a season of waiting, right? And sometimes 
sometimes it's not long, but sometimes it's years, right? And that's, that's a season I went through in my life. It was years, year after year after year. And that was one of the hardest things I had to go through in my faith because it's hard to deal with the ups and the downs in this season of waiting. And the Israelites, they're in the wilderness and they're in the waiting and their leader, who they've been following, is taken up to the mountain. They can't see him. They have nobody to lead him. They don't know what to do. And they say, you know what? I'm done waiting. I'm done waiting. You know what? They find Aaron. He's like the next guy in line. And they say, Aaron, can you make us uh, something to worship? Something else. They begin to go their own way. They begin to make their own gods. And so Aaron says, sure, you know, bring me some of that gold that you guys got from the Egyptians. I'll make you something. So they make this golden calf, right? And so it begins to escalate. It, it, it starts with like, you know, hey, make us something to worship. And then Aaron makes this beautiful golden calf. Okay, this is the God that has rescued us from Egypt. They begin to worship it. And it just begins to escalate. They start offering sacrifices. Then they get into this level of revelry that I'm not even going to talk about in our multi-generational service today. And, you know, it gets out of control. You know, fast forward, that's, uh, that's Shavat, that's this Old Testament time when the law is being given and they're waiting for the promise, right, this gift of the law, and uh, it, they, they just can't wait for it. And they go their own way. And then fast forward to, to New Testament, okay, and same time, it's Pentecost, it's 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus. So Jesus, this leader that they have been following, they've been following, right, now gets crucified and buried. Now, three days later, he's resurrected, but the, the Jesus that they're following Tells them to stay and wait in Jerusalem. And they're in this time of waiting. They're in this time of waiting. But the response is different. The response is to pray. The response is to continue to go to the temple. The, the response is to band together and seek the Lord. And they remain faithful, and they remain in pursuit of God. Like, like the scripture says, they, they, they set their face like flint towards the Lord. Right? In the midst of waiting, in the midst of disappointment, in the midst of being scared or not understanding and not knowing. How many of you know when Moses came down off that mountain, 3,000 people died that day. The judgment of, of the Lord was poured out among the camp and 3,000 people died that day. But how many of you know how many were saved on the day of Pentecost? 3,000. 
3,000 people were saved that day. The people were faithful and they pressed into the Lord. And I want to encourage you today that if you are in a season of waiting to be faithful, to press in, that others are dependent on your faithfulness, that others will be saved, that the testimony of God in your life being declared will bring others to the Lord. Right? So we have a choice. And I know I've been there. Right? I know, I know the doubting. I know the disappointment. I know the struggle. But I want to encourage you today to continue to press in and be faithful while you wait. Amen? Amen. Pastor Tim's going to come and share some more with you. The feasts of the Lord are shadows of what was to come with Jesus. They foretold, all of these different feasts foretold all the dimensions of what Christ would complete. The giving of the law was to identify sin, but it was to be a schoolmaster. It was to train and teach unto Christ Jesus, who would teach us and bring us into the reality of heaven. So... When we study the giving of the law on Mount Sinai as they're approaching a holy God, God needs to give order to this nation so that it will function different than all other nations. All other nations are around the world, but God portions off the family of Abraham to be his portion, to work with them and to set them as a city on a hill with a law system that is greater than any other civilization. And this law is going to bring glory to the name of Yahweh. And so he gives them this law, and according to the Jewish commentary on Scripture, a midrash, the book Shemat Rabbah, called the Great Exodus, the rabbinical writers record this, that when God gave this revelation to Moses as he was up on Mount Sinai receiving the law, and God then released it, The Shemat Rabbah says, On this occasion of the giving of the Torah, the children of Israel not only heard the Lord's voice, but they actually saw the sound waves as they emerged from the Lord's mouth. They visualized them and saw them as a fiery substance. Each commandment that left the Lord's mouth traveled around the entire camp, throughout the entire camp, and it came back to every Jew individually as fire. That's a Jewish commentary of the giving of the law. Rabbi Yochman states this, God's voice, as it, would, uh, as it was uttered, split up into 70 voices, into 70 language, so that all the nations should understand. See, the number of 70 is the numbering of the nations. It's based on the 70 that are listed from Noah's children. The nations were dispersed at the Tower of Babel. How many of you remember that? The language confused, and so all the nations went, 70 nations round about. But God worked with one nation, Israel, and he gave them that law as fire comes forth out of his mouth. Well, Moses is trying to teach the people to walk according to the laws and the dictates of God, and he's getting frustrated because these people are stiff-necked. 
They want their own way. As Pastor Greg said, even while Moses was receiving the law, they were sinning against God. And so Moses cries out, what am I going to do with these people? And God says, I'll tell you what, gather the 70 leaders of Israel, and I will take a portion of your spirit and put it upon them. In Numbers eleven sixteen, he says, God said, gather for me 70 men of the elders of Israel, whom you know to be the elders of the peoples and officers over them, and bring them to the tent of meeting and let them take their stand there. And I will come down and talk with you there, and I will take some of the spirit that is on you and put it on them. And they shall bear the burden of the people with you, so that you may not bear it alone. That sounds good. And so God did this. Verse 25 of chapter 11 of Numbers. Then the Lord came down in a cloud and spoke to Moses and took some of the spirit that was on him and put it on the 70 elders. And as soon as the spirit rested on them, they began to prophesy. The word in Hebrew is nabah, and it means to either sing or to speak under the unction of God's spirit and power. To decree and to declare what God says. This is all of the Old Testament. And as uh, they're beginning to speak and decree and declare, as the Lord said, it says they did not continue doing it. It was a sign to show that the Spirit was there. But as it ceased with the 70, there were two more that got hit with it in the camp. And these two guys are running through the camp prophesying in the name of the Lord. And Joshua says, hey, something's, you guys are crazy, man. What's going on? And he goes to Moses and he says, there's two more in the camp that are prophesying. Should we tell them to stop? And Moses cries out from the depth of his soul unto God, oh, that all the people of God, that God would put his spirit on all of them. That all the people of God would prophesy. Moses yearned for that. Moses wanted that. And how many of you know that was what was to come in the fullness of the day of Pentecost? Let's move to Acts chapter 2 as we consider what came to be on that day. In Acts chapter 2, they're waiting. They're deciding who to replace. They're in the upper room in Acts chapter 1. But in Acts chapter 2, It's the day of Shabbat. All good Jews should be at the temple. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. Many of us figure they were still in the upper room. But by the context of this reading, we would understand they were in fact in the temple amongst all the other Jews there for the feast. And it says, suddenly there came from heaven the sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house How many of you know the temple's called the house of God? It filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared on them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews from every nation on the earth that was there. Once they heard them, they were amazed and said, Are these not Galileans? 
We have no reference of them leaving their house and coming to the streets and speaking. They were in the temple. And what made sense is on the giving of the law from Sinai, the fire of God went out to the people. And here on the day of Pentecost, a sound like a a mighty rushing wind, but it was in fact the Spirit of God blowing through the temple on the people of Jesus on God's children, and fire came over their heads, and they began speaking to the nations. They began to prophesy and sing the great works of God. Everyone around them began to wonder what's going on and see, aren't these the Galileans who follow Jesus? It's nine o'clock in the morning. Are they drunk? And Peter stands up in the midst and said, This is that which Joel prophesied. This is what happened on Sinai. It's happening now. And it is the power of God to all the nations. Tongues of fire, and they spoke in every language because it is now through the resurrection in Jesus Christ, through His ascension, that the people of God not only have the Spirit of God resting on them, but now for the first time in human history, because of the blood of Jesus, the Spirit of God can dwell in the believers and followers of God. This fire didn't go away. It remains on the people of God. These tongues of fire, the very law of God is put in our heart, written on our heart. We could not fulfill that law, but Christ fulfilled it to perfection. Jesus said, the law shall not be abolished, but I came to fulfill it. And He fulfilled it. And He gave us that righteousness as a fire burning in us to live in righteousness and to glorify Him and to speak to every nation on earth. Therefore, God calls all men to repent. And there is only one name under heaven by which men can be saved. The name of Jesus Christ. Come on, give Him glory. That fire burns in us. Jesus said, your righteousness must exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. And it does because my righteousness is the righteousness of Christ that was put into me by the Spirit of holiness that abides and dwells in me. God would have us prophesy to all nations. God would have us speak in the tongues of men and of angels His goodness and His greatness. And it's not to cease until He returns. These gifts are working today. This fire is still burning for all nations to come to Christ. This is Shabbat. This is Pentecost. This is the harvest. This is the latter rains. This is what Joel prophesied. That I will pour out My Spirit upon your sons and your daughters and your children's children. It's here. It's now. It is Pentecost. Amen?